0: Mike, Mike, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Folks, it is hump day! And that means another edition of Nothing But Airtime on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I am your host, Cole Reins. It is currently May 18th when you are listening I'm recording May 17th, pregame Celtics Heat. I wanna get all my takes off before I see tip-off so all of you can yell at me when you listen tomorrow. So I'm gonna preview some of the conference finals, review some of the conference semifinals, probably looking at boot and holders job security, probably looking at Chris Paul's future a little bit in those reviews, previewing some of the top players, previewing potential Christmas matchups next year. A lot of rivalries are coming out with this. Ending the show with a Wednesday list. I've got top five fraud gods in history. And of course, we'll have our hump day hoopers. We'll have our hater Wednesday. We'll have our Wednesday Ws to round out. Huge, huge show. May 18th, happy hump day. Let's hit the music. Welcome, nothing but airtime. Happy Wednesday. Told you, we're recording this pre-game Bucks, Cel- Bucks Celtics. Excuse me, we're reviewing the Bucks Celtics, pre-gaming the Celtics Heat. I want to hear all you get mad at me for my takes here down the road. But before we can preview those series, we have to review how we got here, and I'm going to start with the Bucks and the Celtics, and I'm going to start with just how poor the supporting cast played for the Milwaukee Bucks. Wes Matthews, one for five. Grayson Allen, 0 for six. Pat Connaughton, one for six. Javon Carter played two minutes. We traded Dante DiVincenzo for Serge Ibaka, who was a DNP. It starts and ends there, folks. If Middleton is healthy, obviously this is a completely different series. You see the value of Middleton in. This, throughout the entirety of this series, especially in game six and game seven, when stuff got awry and the game slowed down and the Bucks were not creating turnovers, they weren't getting those long rebounds that turned into burnouts for dunks with Giannis and guys like Drew and Wes Matthews could get up the court and trail and hit threes. They struggled. Bring in Middleton. Middleton's a half-court option. Middleton was game end. Let's get his the ball in his hands. We'll run a Middleton Giannis pick and roll. We'll run a Giannis Middleton pick and pop. And that's reliable. We didn't have that. Drew and Giannis had their thing going real early. And, 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 and at points in the early part of this game, I thought this was going to be a route for Milwaukee. Giannis looked like he wanted it more than anybody else. They had that little pick and roll thing with Drew coming out at the top near the Free throw line, dishing it to Giannis in the paint, and Giannis hit a couple of hook shots there. Brook Lopez was playing real well, had a couple blocks, was moving on offense pretty well, hit a, couple, hit a three, hit some big shots down low. They kind of killed that size advantage down low with no Robert Williams for the Celtics. And early on, you're thinking, wow, okay, Bucks." Halfway through the second quarter, changed. At the first half, the Bucs were minus five without Giannis on the floor. That was the difference. It was a five point difference at the at the end of the first half. Marcus Smart had the draw foul at the end of the half with the half court shot that led to three shots. Momentum swings to the Celtics. And then they just took it on from there. Celtics came out in the th- start of the third quarter, hit three or four threes. Bucks missed three or four threes. I mean, that was the story. Four for 33 for the Bucs from three. I mean, it was Rockets game six, game seven type stuff against the Warriors a couple of years ago absolute brutal, brutal game to watch, shot 37% from the field. Giannis was missing bunnies. You could tell he had no legs under him. And the fact that we're looking at a Giannis game with 25 points, 20 rebounds and nine assists and saying, you know what? I don't think he played that well is bizarro world, but that's the level we hold him at now. That guy did everything for them in the series. It is clear he's the best player in the world right now with a little bit of help a little bit of help. If Drew Holiday doesn't shoot nine for 55 or whatever it was from three, it's a different story in this series. On the Celtics side of things, and we'll start with the Bootenholzer side of things, I understand your game plan was let Grant Williams let Derek White take open threes. That's what it was in game one and it worked. Well, once Grant Williams hits his sixth three in the third quarter, or fifth three in the third quarter. We might want to change that up a little bit, Bootenholzer. Holzer. Maybe force the ball into Marcus Smart's hand a little bit more, who was two for nine. Or Al Horford, uh, Al Horford's hand, who wanted nothing to do offensively because he was taking the brunt of Giannis game six and game seven. Horford had his big games of four and five. Down the stretch, you could tell there was a clear difference in offensive ideology for the Celtics, Horford wasn't in that as much because he was taking a little bit more role defensively with Giannis. But the Bucs didn't make any adjustments. Pritchard hit four threes. Grant Williams hit seven threes. And and we'll go back to this. I know the Bucs said it was resting. But when they lost that game to Boston at the end of the series and Boston clinched home court in this series, you see how important it is. Pritchard and Williams, we were combined eleven for twenty-four for three, and I just told you what Wes Matthews, Pat Connaughton, and Grace Allen were. Those guys were pretty good at home. Now we go on Boston; they can't hit a lick. A, a lot of questionable decisions by the Bucks moving down the line. You know, you look at the Serge Ibaka, Dante DiVincenzo trade. You look at not playing Javon Carter as much. You know, you look at George Hill, minus seven in 11 minutes, just lighting time on fire, getting picked on defensively when he's out there by guys like Tatum and Jalen Brown. Why not try something new? Good for the Celtics. That was the biggest game that Tatum and Brown had to play, I think, in their career. I know they've had game sevens with LeBron in the past, but those were baby, baby, baby Brown and baby Tatum. And they had Kyrie on the team still, and Gordon Hayward's shell of himself was there, and Terry Rozier and the team issues were there, and it was a lot there. This was what you wanted with the Celtics. You wanted Tatum to take that next step. You needed Jalen Brown to take that next step. Here you go. Now you're in the Eastern Conference semis. You're against the Miami Heat. And I'll, and I'll preview this here, and we'll go to the Western Conference next. We'll do a couple on the Eastern Conference, a couple on the Western Conference, and I wanna get into some potential rivalries because we've got a couple Christmas matchups already brewing. Looking at the Eastern Conference Finals, the Celtics just had a monumental just dogfight of a seven game series against Milwaukee. Every game was gruesome. And I'll tell you what, I'm not gonna miss whether it was a foul or a charge or it was a flagrant. I'm not gonna miss that. Officiating Giannis is impossible and Boston made it that much more tough. So I'm not gonna miss that. But on the flip side of that, the smart charges, the Horford getting banged into, the Tatum having to switch on Giannis, that's gonna wear on him a little bit. And in and, and a two-day turnaround a game one. I think Miami takes game one tonight, recording this Tuesday here pregame. And, and, and that means that Boston is gonna have to win four out of the next six. Three of which in Miami. Miami has that game seven. Miami's will have game four and five. That's gonna be tough. And we've seen Boston win games on the road. We saw it in a pivotal game six. Jason Tatum had one of the best games I've seen a young player have in playoff situations in game six in the five serve. But can he do that against a much more athletic Heat team? Because you look, you look at the Heat compared to the Bucks. No Middleton is a game changer. Middleton is a Celtic killer. 25 a game against the Celtics in the playoffs. So you take him out of the equation and the Bucks are depleted. Well, the Heat are far from depleted. You can tell me that Kyle Lowry's hurt, I don't care. Kyle Lowry on one leg is still not what you want out there. You still got Oladipo, you still got Gabe Vincent. You can throw Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker's there, Bam Adebayo's there. They can match up with Tatum, Brown, Williams, Horford. They they are a more complete defensive team. They, They don't have scabs to pick at unless Tyler Hero's on the court. The Bucks had scabs to pick at. Oh, George Hill's on the court, let's go get a bucket. Oh, Grayson Allen's on the court. Jason Tatum said cookies. Give me some of those. Lunch meat. The only guy you have for the Heat, and he's a much improved defender from when he came in, is Tyler Hero. If Duncan Robinson de- decides to play a little bit, uh, if he, de- if, if, excuse me, if Spolster decides to play him a little bit, that's not a Robinson decision. If Duncan Robinson is in the game, maybe he'll get picked on. But the Heat have a lot of, versatility, have a lot of athleticism. And if the Celtics want to go with that defensive lineup of smart, that defensive athletic lineup of smart, Juice, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, and Robert Williams, we'll counteract it with Oladipo, Butler, Tucker, Adebayo, insert Gabe Vincent, insert, I know Markeith Morris is hurt, but Markeith Morris is an option. Tyler Hero can get buckets. like, this will be a knock out drag out series, and I think fatigue is going to play a factor here. Celtics were, I don't want to call it lucky, because luck is a part of every championship run. The Bucks had it last year with the Nets. Now the Celtics get that kind of shift in luck where they didn't have to see Middleton. But you could tell Milwaukee was a little bit tired coming to that Hawks series. Giannis missed a couple of games with a fluke injury. He came back, though, but there were still some some games that they blew because that seven-game series with the Nets. I think we're going to see that early with the Celtics and Heat as well. You look at guys like Adebayo and Butler, and one of the best head coaches in the NBA, if not the best head coach in the NBA, Eric Spolstra. He's had time to game plan for both of these teams. The Kyle Lauer injury, he's had time to nurse that. Adebayo was freaking physical down low with Joel Embiid. And all that fatigue, all that bumps and bruises that they might have took, Jimmy Butler missed a game in the Hawks series, all that, they had time to recover and game plan. And now you got a game one game plan against Boston where Boston has that quick turnaround. Game one's going to go to Miami. And I'm saying this and I can't wait to wake up tomorrow and see that the Celtics took one in Miami. But I don't think that, it just does not feel that way to me if Miami wins game one, it's Boston's in a tough spot. I think Boston is the more talented team, but the Heat have more impactful players, if that makes sense. You look at the five best players in the team, I think Tatum is one, Jimmy's two, and then probably Jalen's three, Bam, four. So they have two of the top three. Probably three of the top five if you want to throw a healthy Robert Williams or a healthy Marcus Smart in there. So they have three of the top five, but you look at impact guys. P.J. Tucker... And I've been very critical of P.J. Tucker in the past. But he's an impact guy. He's a body you can throw at Tatum. He's not Wes Matthews. He is a stout. He played in championship caliber teams. He was the defensive anchor for the Rockets in those years. He's a body you can throw at him. You have Bam out of Bile. He's a body you can throw at Jason Tatum. Victor Oladipo's got quick hands. He's a body you can throw at them. So the Heat have far more impactful defensive guys than what the Celtics had, and I think you're gonna see that little learning curve early on in this series. I think it's Heat in six or seven. Actually, check that. I think it's gonna be Heat in five or seven. I think they win at home, because I winning in the garden is so tough. And that's why when Milwaukee came back from that 15-point deficit, everyone was like, oh my God, that's a championship win, that's a championship team. Because winning in the garden in that scenario, it's tough to do. It's tough to do. Now I don't think Jimmy Butler cares if they're in the garden or not. Jimmy Butler is dribbling basketballs at 2.30 in the bubble. He don't care, he just wants to win no matter the place, no matter the time. But he does not have a couple tens of thousands Bostonians yelling at him. How is Gabe Vincent and Max Trues gonna react? You know, you look at how Guys like Pat Connaughton and Wes Matthews reacted in a game seven. Well, these guys don't have much playoff experience. Is that heat culture going to just continue going on with them? Or is that Celtic stadium going to get to them? These are answers that we're going to find out quick. You know, so those are, so there's a couple of things. I think it's heating five or seven. And, and, and when Horst had said it on one of the ESPN shows that the Heat are top 10 in offensive rating and defensive rating. If they don't go to the finals, they're one of, I think, two or three teams that have that have had those statistics and not go on to the championship. I like their chances. If Kyle Lowry is somewhat healthy, even better. The thing is though is when you look at the Celtics and you look at the Heat, when the Heat run out their best lineup of whether it be Vincent or Oladipo and then Hero, Butler, Tucker out of bio, there's a couple of scabs to pick at. You can get Tyler Hero in pick and roll motion. You can get Kyle Lowry in pick and roll motion. Those guys are scabs to pick at in that closing five of Lowry, Hero, Butler, Tucker, bio. Celtics closing five, whether it be Horford at the four and Williams at the five or Grant Williams at the four, Horford at the five, Grant Williams at the four, Robert Williams at the five, you don't have many scabs to pick at. You don't have the Kemba Walker to put in pick and roll motion and get Jimmy Butler on his back anymore. That Jimmy Butler, bam out of bio, Adley you pick and roll play that was working so well in the bubble is not going to work that much anymore because you have that defensive versatility. You have that high IQ with Al Horford, with Marcus Smart. So it's going to be a grit and grind series. Take the unders. Take the unders at betus.com.pa. Enter my promo code airtime. That'll give you a 100% bonus. So if one of the unders does hit, double the profits for you, you can put all those back on the game two under. I still got heat in five or seven, but it's going to be a grit and grind series. On to the West, where Chris Paul is a fraud, and Chris Paul was talking loads and loads of smack to Luka Doncic after Game Two. Chris Paul had a master, cl- excuse me, a masterclass Game Two. And of game two, he went off, was picking on Luka, talking that talk. Him and Booker were running Luka's name through the mud. Luka said, it's easy to talk when you're up. Turned around and averaged 30 points and said, you know what? Choke on that, baby. Mavs in seven. Let's go to the Western Conference Finals. Luka Doncic made me a believer. I was never a Luka fan. He came came into seasons out of shape. He gave me a lot of James Harden vibes. And I'm not a James Harden guy. I'm not a high usage player guy. But Luka is different. The fact that he took everything personal. Game 7 came out, hit every bucket, and laughed in a different member of the Sun's face. (laughs) Round of applause for the boy. Monster. For Luca. And if Jalen Brunson's giving you 24, if Spencer Dinwiddie's giving you 30 off the bench, watch out, Warriors, right? You know, that is gonna be a monster series when we get to the Western Conference final, looking at what the maps have. You can throw Finney Smith, you can throw Bullock, you can throw Sterling Brown as an option off the bench. I know he hasn't gotten a ton of minutes. Frank Nick Akina was pretty good on Devin Booker. You got some defensive options for Curry and Poole. We'll get to the Western Conference preview here in a minute. I want to keep going on the Suns because defensive player of the year candidate, Mike Al Bridges, minus 40. You wrapped him up for a while. Is Ayton gonna stay with the Suns? Is Chris Paul gonna get traded? I don't what is the next step for the Suns? And while we're all talking, I'm not letting Devin Booker's name get out of the mud here couple summers ago Joakim Noah and company was doubling Devin Booker in a pickup game and Booker lost his mind Devin Booker got doubled in game seven three for 14 lockdown defense from Frank Nitlikina. and we all look back at those pickup games with Joakim Noah a little bit differently now don't we I don't think Booker is soft. I don't want to call him soft, but he's giving me soft vibes. The Donchick special, the Brunson flops, all that stuff. Eye-opening for me. Eye-opening. And while we're on it, Pat Beverly just going on every ESPN show to get that hater blood off of him. Pat, it was not Hater Wednesday. It was a Monday morning. The timeline wasn't ready for you, King. It was not ready for you. Saying that Chris Paul is a comb. Saying that you tell your girlfriend to come over at night, drink a bottle of wine with her, go to bed at 10 o'clock. Because Chris Paul's tomorrow, we don't got to worry about that old man and his terrible knees. But when Steph Curry's in town, it is 8 p.m., don't find me, lady. Saying that Paul George, you even incorporated a former teammate, Paul George, And you said, yeah, I was talking with a teammate. I can't name any names. You know what? I will name names. Paul George and I were talking, saying nobody's afraid of the Suns. He said they wanted the Suns. Now, Pat Bev is delusional, to say the least. But how much of that is true? The Mavericks could have played down, gotten to the five or six seed, and looked at the Warriors and the Grizzlies as a potential second or first round matchup but they kept at the four to five. They wanted the Jazz, they wanted the Suns, and said, let's go Mavs and six, Mavs and seven, Western Conference Finals, here we come, baby. I'm interested to see how much of that is pat with Pat Bev is true. I'm interested to see the next time Chris Paul and Pat Bev play each other. I'm sure there's still a lot of bad blood between Pat Bev and Chris Paul from being traded with one another for, what was it, 10 years ago? Forget that, man, forget that. What? Man, oh man. Here's what I'll say. The Suns' window is closed. And this is, We'll wrap up with the review and move into the preview here, but the Suns' window is closed, absolutely. Chris Paul had a hamstring in- injury. Air quotes around hamstring injury because you lost by 40. Devin Booker can't handle a double team. you wrapped up a ton of money in Mike Bridges, which defensively, great player. But offensively, he's just kind of a sit-in-the-corner-and-hit-threes guy. He doesn't create much off the dribble for me for the money you wrapped him up with. DeAndre Ayton, what is his deal going to look like? Is he going to get traded? Do you trade Chris Paul? Do they just tear it down and build around Devin Booker and Mike Bridges again? I don't know. Do we see another Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook (laughs) trade? I don't want to entertain any of this. I don't. This is why you needed to win the game, Phoenix. You were supposed to win the game. Your window is now. And we see how short windows are. Look at the Derrick Rose Bulls. You had the MVP of the league, an up-and-coming talent in Jimmy Butler, the Boos Cruz, the Defensive Player of the Year, Joakim Noah, Luol Deng was there. They had a good team, and it closed real fast. I think Phoenix's window is closed, folks. I think Phoenix's window is officially closed for Dallas and Golden State. Golden State is in the Western Conference Finals against an iso-heavy basketball team for the third time in five years, it feels like. And don't get me wrong, I think this version of Luka is better than any version of Jalen Brunson. and the Warriors got the chance to go up against the very same guy that we were just running his name through the mud, Chris Paul, multiple times in the Western Conference Finals. I still like the Warriors, man. They have a lot of different options to run at Luka. I know Gary Payton is hurt, which hurts because he's just a guy that can get under the skin of Luka a little bit, but Jonathan Kaminga, if the rookie wants to take the call, Andrew Wiggins, Klay Thompson, Otto Porter, Draymond Green. It's five guys right there that you can run at them with different body types, lengths, quickness. You're gonna have to throw different looks at Luka. I think you're gonna have to. Maybe even double him a little bit. I think Dallas has the best player in the playoffs. In that series, but Golden State probably has the next four, depending on the Poole Brunson argument, because it is definitely Luka at one, but then you have Steph Dray and Clay, which I think Clay, you saw it a little bit in game six. Clay is getting back to old Clay. Now he's far from locking up defenders and 37 points and a quarter, Clay, but I, I think we will see a Clay game. I think we'll look up and Clay will have 29 on 12 shots or 10 shots or whatever and it'll be like game three in Dallas, and be like, oh, well, Clay's back and everyone will be going crazy. I, I I just think that you have too many options on that Warriors team. It's gonna be hard to keep up with all of them. Clay's gonna get lost in the shuffle a little bit because I think Stephen Poole should be your focal point offensively when you're looking at Dallas. More so Poole. I think Poole is the X factor in this series because Dorian Finney-Smith, Frank Lakina. A little bit of Reggie Bullock. Those guys are gonna be getting a lot of the Steph Curry attention. Can Poole take advantage of Jalen Brunson? Can Poole take advantage of Luka Doncic? Is is Luka gonna be guarding Clay And is Luka gonna be guarding Steph? And those guys will be running so much action and tire him out defensively. What is it gonna look like? A lot of different varying factors going on there, you know? I think it's gonna be probably Warriors in five. As fun as the Luka stuff has been, the Warriors have, I think, the better coach in Steve Kerr if he is healthy. I think they have been well equipped to handle a team similar to this Dallas team but the Houston teams in the past. And I think that there's just too much experience and too much offensive prowess for Golden State. You'll have the Steph 40-point game. Jordan Poole randomly have outbursts. Klay Thompson's gonna have a big game. Can. Jonathan Kaminga supplements you anything. And the big thing here, too, and we'll go back to the Aiton point, look at what beat two center-heavy, offensive-defensive-minded teams. Rudy Gobert with the Jazz. DeAndre Aiton with Phoenix. The playoffs go small. It's no longer your Ma and Pa's playoffs with Hakeem Olajuwon and Patrick Ewing down at the block. Draymond Green is getting the board as the center and running the show. Maxi Kleba is your stretch five for Dallas. And you see who's in the championships on the Western Conference side. Two small ball heavy teams. Now Eastern Conference is a little bit different because you have the Giannis and the Tatum's and the Adebayo's who are all, and Joel beat even, you know, all the dominant bigs outside of Jokic are on the Eastern Conference. So does DeAndre Ayton even get the money that he's expecting? Because we just watched him and Gobert and Jokic get beat by small ball teams. Two small ball teams are in the Western Conference Finals. Small ball teams have won the championship outside of the Bucs last year. Lakers ran AD a lot at the five when they won on their title. I know they had Howard and McGee, and they were supplemental to what they needed, but the Warriors have changed the game, and it's going to cost eight in a bag, I think. And it'll get Jalen Brunson a bag. Jalen Brunson said, boat, baby. And I think we're going to see the Jalen Brunson boat game, maybe a couple boat games. Let's break out another thousand, maybe even a boom game, break out another million. That's what Jalen Brunson was giving you. The Bohm games in the semifinals. And you need a couple more Brunson Bohm games. Break out another million. The Brunson break out another million games. That's what we're calling them. The double B O A Ms. That's what we're going to need for Dallas if they have a chance in the Western Conference finals. I've got Warriors in five, Heat in five or seven. I've got Warriors Heat in the finals. And I think the Warriors take it, man. I just, I, everyone's healthy on that side. The Heat don't have flaws, but at the same time, the Warriors are hot. And yeah, they tricked a game against Memphis and basketball, Juju, Bill Simmons, oh no. But I think think it's going to be Warriors in five against Dallas, five or six, and then Warriors in five or six in the finals. And we're back to Steph hoisting the trophy, and Steph is your finals MVP. So I can't wait to see the Celtics win game one as I just talked through 20 minutes of expecting the Heat to win. And I can't wait to see Dallas just clean sweep the Warriors and we get a rematch of the Heat and Mavericks and the Heat just go on and win everything. Maybe the Celtics, maybe Celtics Mavericks. I don't know. But I'm expecting to be fully wrong because I've been fully wrong this entire postseason. And it just goes to show you can't forecast injuries. I was very high on the Bucks. Chris Middleton went down. You can't forecast injuries. Was very high in the 76ers. Joel Embiid had some injury issues. The one team I was very high on, and I'll say, pat myself on the back, the top gun Mavericks. Maverick, our man Luka Doncic, Luka Maverick Doncic. That's what we're calling him now because he had his Maverick moment. That cocky young gun came out and said, "You know what, Iceman Chris Paul, choke on that, baby." Mavs and seven. We're getting to the Western Conference Finals. That rounds out our playoff talk. Enjoy the game. I hope you all enjoyed the game. Here, listen to this Wednesday. Hope you all enjoyed the game one on Tuesday night. After the break. We're going to talk some potential 2022 2023 NBA season Christmas matchups and the rivalries that are coming out of this year's postseason. Three Bang, it's good, wins the game at the buzzer. There's a lot of potential rivalries that can come out of what we've seen. I think Bucks Celtics is gonna be a huge one. Moving down the stretch, you look at young guys like Tatum, and Giannis being the future of this league, that hypercentric, versatile, power-forward position that has kind of changed the game a little bit. You see how people are drafted, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes. Well, that stemmed from somewhere, and that stemmed from the Giannises. That stemmed from the Tatums. Giannis only 27. I think Tatum's 24, 25. So that's going to be a rivalry for a long time, and I know there's a lot of mutual respect between those guys, but that'll be an Eastern Conference Finals. That'll be Eastern Conference Playoff matchups a whole lot in my opinion so I think that'll be probably your 330 game the main slate you know you're looking at okay here we go two young guns going at each other Giannis looking to get revenge after the Eastern Conference semis against the Celtics so I've got Buck Celtics as the 330 game I think the game that will open Suns Mavs it has to right Hopefully Patrick Beverly's just a Dallas Maverick at that point, and we get all of it. Or can he just be an honorary Dallas Maverick for one game with Luca? But seriously, I, the, the rivalry that is there—Luca and Booker are two young guns coming into the league, two of the best players in the league, both All NBA first team, most likely. So you have that. You have the Chris Paul Luka Doncic feud, the 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 bad blood that comes from this postseason. So for the first game of next year's Christmas. I'm going with Mavs Suns followed by Celtics Bucks. Now we're gonna get a little bit wonky. Folks, I think it's probably gonna be Warriors Heat. I went with Warriors Heat for my finals. I think that'll be the main slate at seven o'clock. I think that's the one where you're like, okay, NBA Finals rematch. We did it with the Warriors and Cavs all the time. Let's do it with the Warriors and Heat. This is obviously subject to change if LeBron gets any help with the Lakers because they love doing LeBron versus Steph on Christmas Day. They did LeBron versus the Nets, obviously, but they might do LeBron versus Steph if LeBron gets any help with LA at that seven o'clock game. But for now, I'm just going to assume that it's Heat and the Warriors in the Finals, and that'll be the seven o'clock Christmas Day game. Not a lot of bad blood there, but just a rematch of the Finals. And sandwiched in between those, I've got the Sixers and the Nets at 5.30 or whatever the middle game is. I don't, I don't know the exact times that they do it, but it will be Suns-Mavs first. Luca Booker, CP3, Bad Blood. Bucks-Celtics next. Sixers-Nets. Ben Simmons for James Harden trade is James Harden himself. These two teams are some of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. You know, you look at a lot of different options, and I think that is a a very fair assessment for two teams that are got a lot of major stars. You want the major stars to play on Christmas Day, Durant, Embiid, Harden, Irving, assuming that Irving is not retired. And on the Nets, I don't know. The Nets are a hot mess. We'll get into that in the offseason, but And then the Ben Simmons piece of it all. And I want the game to be in Philly. I think it has to be in Philly. Ben Simmons returns to Philly, does he even play on Christmas Day. It's like getting coal in your stocking if you're Ben Simmons having to go back to Philly. I don't know, but I think that'll be a fun Christmas Day game, followed by the Heat and the Warriors, the finals rematch. Now, you can go a lot of different games, a lot of different ways for the the final game, that ten thirty game that nobody really tends to watch looking at ratings the past couple of years. It was always the Jazz and somebody. You could go with the Pelicans. The Pelicans, if they get Zion back, you could do Pelicans, Grizzlies. You know, John Morant and Zion Williamson, one and two pick of that draft. Can we get that rivalry back going if Zion's healthy? That's not a bad option. You could go Grizzlies, Timberwolves. They had the playoff implications, and you had Job versus Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards and Desmond Bain, and there was a lot of young pieces there. You could go with the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. I mean, MVP candidate, MVP candidate, John Morant, Nikola Jokic. I think you're looking at any combination of two of those four teams. Yes, I left the Lakers and the Clippers off of Christmas day. And no, the NBA will absolutely not do that. But that's what me as a fan would want. Assuming that the Lakers aren't able to get off of Russell Westbrook or Anthony Davis has his health injuries and Kawhi Leonard is now asking out of the Clippers, I don't know what's going on there. I don't want to see either of those teams. There are better, younger teams. You have to get these teams that were in the playoffs on, on the screen. I don't want to see the Knicks, I don't want to see the Jazz. I don't want to see the Lakers. I don't want to see the Clippers. These teams that we have been just so programmed to see the past couple of years. Give me Suns Mavericks. Give me Buck Celtics, which I know they did Buck Celtics this Christmas as well. But like, more more juice is added to that. Give me Sixers Nets. Give me the the finals. Heat Warriors. It'll probably be Lakers Warriors. The Heat will probably get snubbed out as they always do, but there are some options there. Late game, I don't want any part of the Clippers. I don't want any part of the Jazz. I don't want any part of those. John Morant's a young and up and coming star. Anthony Edwards is a young and up and coming star. Carl Anthony Towns is a young and up and coming star. Nikola Jokic is the MVP. Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Those are young and up and coming stars. CJ McCollum is there too. I think Grizzlies-Pelicans is my pick for the 10 o'clock slate. So first game, you got Suns-Mavs. Follow that up with Bucks celtics Follow that one up with Nets-Sixers. Main event, Warriors-Heat, which will be my NBA Finals matchup. Maybe the Lakers, if the Finals is a wash and the Lakers make a move. Who knows? But then the final game, Grizzlies-Pelicans. Give me that Zion and Ja first pick, second pick, dynamic, Brandon Ingram's a young and up and coming star. CJ McCollum is there. I think that could be a lot of fun for Christmas Day. I'd be happening. I'd be happy opening those up under my basketball Christmas tree. I don't know about y'all. After the break. It's Wednesday, folks. Time for our Wednesday segments. Hump Day Hoopers. Hater Wednesday. Wednesday W's. And I have a list, I have a list that I will read off. We're not gonna get mad at it because I came up with a list. All that after our favorite horn in the entire world from Price is Right. <laughs> a list, I've made a list. It is on Off The Ball Network's new page, so go check out Off The Balls Network's new page online, offtheballnetwork.com. A lot of guys put a lot of hard work onto that. I wrote up a list for that new page. Folks, it is the top five fraud gods in history. What's a god to a non-believer? Well, I'm a non-believer in these five. And the idea stemmed from the number one fraud god on the list, Chris Paul, the point god. He's blown five 2-0 series. He had just a horrible end to the Western Conference semifinals. He is the reason that this list is being made. There's a difference between 82 game players and 16 game players. Chris Paul is an 82 game player. Him and Rudy Gubert are 82 game players. And there's no problem with that. You can be a one seed. You can be happy with a one seed. But when push comes to shove and game seven's on the line, I don't want Chris Paul in my corner. I want Luka Doncic in my corner. Luka Doncic might not be an 82 game player. He might drink sweet tea in the locker room and he might come... Hook it up and a little bit out of shape at the beginning of the season. But Game 7, Western Conference Finals, you know who wants the ball in their hands? Who's demanding the best player to defend them on the other team? And then just giving him bucket after bucket? It ain't the point god, folks. That's right. It's Luka Doncic. So the point god is my number one fraud god on the list. Number two fraud god. Loki. The only so-called god I have seen lose more than Loki in the Marvel Universe is Chris Paul, the point god. Loki lost in the first uh, Thor. He lost in the first Avengers film. He died in the Dark World. He lost on every move he pulled in Thor Ragnarok. And then he got his next snap. By who? Not a god. A titan. Just like Titan Luca came in and snapped point god Chris Paul's hopes of going to the finals true gods don't lose folks fraud gods do loki fraud god number two fraud god number three i've got hades from disney's hercules he lost to a half god hercules whatever you want to call him i don't know greek mythology he's still a loser he's the greek god of the underworld and when he lost the final scene of that movie he had home court advantage so, the true point for I'm sorry, not the point fraud, the fraud god of Hades, he blew a lead with his Titans at home court. Sound like anybody we know? That's right. Common reoccurring theme here, folks. Chris Paul. Fraud god number four, I have Jesus. Kanye West. Why the hell are you calling yourself Jesus? What the hell are you wearing? in those big block outfits with little Pump. He sings a song that incorporates the word scoopity whoop. You lost Kim K, and after you lost Kim K, you have gone on the worst losing tour I have ever seen. Just a miserable man right now. Not looking like a god to me, just a gigantic fraud. And number five, I've got Achilles, and to all you Greek followers, I know there's a lot of you listening. Probably not, I don't even know. Greek mythology that well. Achilles was not a god. He was technically a half god. And that's enough for me to make the list on him. What god has a weak spot outside of the point god in game sevens? Or 2-0 leads. But hey, Achilles had one weak spot. and There's literally a term for it. So he may be a half god, but for sure a full fraud. Rounding out the fraud gods, number five Achilles, number four Jesus; number three Hades, number two Loki, number one point God, Chris Paul. That's right, folks. It is the Chris Paul slander hour. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Looking at Hump Day Hoopers. That's right, folks. It is Hump Day. And it is time to look at five of some pretty good players that have made their presence known. And number one is Grant Williams. He tied a Game 7 record for three-pointers made. And the fact that the Bucs were just begging him to shoot and he hit seven of them. Hand up, man. Hand up. Good shout-out to Grant Williams. I'm giving a shout-out to my man out in Dallas, Jalen Brunson. Double B-O-A-M. The Brunson breakout and other million games were on Point, late series. He took all that slander from Devin Booker, the pushing and the shoving, and he said, you know what, I'm going to give it right back. And that he did. Game six, Clay gets a Hump Day Hooper mention for just a tremendous Instagram story the other day. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six. He added on the Instagram story to those lyrics of Kanye West's song. Picture of Jackson, picture of Tyson, picture of Jordan, picture of Clay holding up Game Six. Game Six, Clay is in full effect. Hup Day Hooper goes to Giannis onto the Guy played his balls off. You can say whatever you want. He may be fraudulent superstar, but he does not quit on anybody. And when the chips were down in Game Seven. I didn't feel like he folded down 20 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He was giving Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum full-court pressure, which is just absurd to me. But you know what? That guy's got a motor, and, and, and motors like that win. I can't wait to see what the Bucks put around him. I can't wait for the Bucks to fire boot and holder. Hey, I didn't say it. Y'all did. And my fifth hump day, Hooper. Yes, I have to do it. Jason Tatum was awesome. 46 points, 48 points, whatever it was in game six. I was sitting there, having a beer, eating some cheese curds, as one does in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The local local watering hole. And it was loud and ruckus. The Bucks played awesome the entire game. Third, four, I'll say quarters one through three, they played awesome. Then Jason Tatum said, you know what, Milwaukee? I'm going to give you the silent treatment the rest of the night. And boy did he, boy did he, just absolutely lit up the Bucks in game six. So shout out Jason Tatum. So we are rounding out the five of double B-O-A-M, the Brunson breakout, another million. Grant Williams, we call him Batman for some reason. I don't know, I'm not a Celtics fan. Jason Tatum for putting the hush-hush on Milwaukee. Giannis for having an incredible motor. And folks... Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six. That's right, Hump Day Hooper, number five. Game six, Klay Thompson having a monster showing to get the Warriors into the Western Conference Finals. Hater Wednesday, real quick, Hater Wednesday, and it is for Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Folks, it was a scary situation down at Water Street. There are bullet holes in the Milwaukee School of Engineering dorms. There are bullet holes in bar windows. I understand the bucks lost the game, but the fact that there were 17 wounded... I'm hating on that. What's the purpose of that? There were shootings in the Deer District, there were shootings on Water Street, there were shootings down on Kilbourne. Figure it out. It was a scary scene. We had to be evacuated into security closets. I was scared for my life out there. Figure it out. I'm hating on all of what I saw, all of what I saw. In Milwaukee, on Water Street, out by the Deer District, Friday night. That's my big hater Wednesday. Glad everybody that I was with got home safe. Condolences for anybody that was affected by the situation. Terrible, terrible, scary, scary situation overall. And I'm hating on why? Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Figure it out. Figure it out. Uh, A very sad hater Wednesday today. But we'll, we'll try. We'll try our best to counteract some bad vibes with some good vibes. Folks, it is Wednesday Ws. Couple right off the bat here. I gotta give a W to Patrick Beverly. I mean, my goodness. He put on his best tie and said, I'm going to ESPN at 6.30 in the morning. And I'm gonna run my rival's name through the mud for 20 straight minutes on Get Up. More than 20 minutes, felt like a half hour. And then I'm gonna do it on first take. Call the sons frauds, I'm gonna do it all. And with no fear, so shout out Pat Bev there. Shout out the boys, releasing season three trailer, Soldier Boy is here, Billy the Butcher is now a superhero they are taking heroin to make him a superhero. I don't know what the deal is. It looks awesome, though. Seasons one and two were fantastic. If you have not watched it, nothing but airtime stamp of recommendation for the boys on Amazon Prime. I'm giving a W to Chris Paul because Chris Paul said he was addicted to playing in the NBA finals. He's one year clean and sober now. So (laughs) claps for Chris Paul for getting over that addiction. Given a W to what Sunday was. I mean, two game sevens. Booker, Luka, Giannis, Tatum. Now, bar the results. The fact that I was able to just sit on the couch, Uber Eats and some McDonald's, and not worry about a thing but game seven. A W to everybody involved, everyone that got that joy. And running out the show, A W to the MSOE baseball team, where I'm currently graduating from. Played on the team for four years. They waited till I was gone to win the NAC championship, but you know what? I don't care. Congrats to those boys. Playing Whitewater here in the regional tournament. So a Wednesday W to my MSOE Raiders. And that is a huge WA championship level W for those guys as well. That's it for me here at Nothing But Airtime. Go check us out on Twitter at Nothing But Airtime. We will be having a new and improved fictional basketball tournament here in the next month after the finals are over. We will be having Twitter spaces now that school is over. We'll be hosting nightly Twitter spaces and it'll be a game show format. And we'll be working very closely with a lot of guys at Off The Ball Network as well. So go check out Off The Ball Network. A lot of great content going on over there. As I said, that is it from us at Nothing But Airtime. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Enjoy the nice weather, folks, and seriously, stay safe out there.